Vanya Usu with the Closet Chronicles, founder and CEO of Love East Fashion and Style by Love East. This podcast is all about delving a little deeper into the fashion industry by talking with other fashion professionals as they share their story and their journey. And today we have a very special guest. Please introduce yourself and tell us the name of your company and, of course, all about your business. Hi, Ivanya. Um, thank you so much for having us on. Um, I'm super excited to, to just chat with you. Um, my name is Dr. Wamaka Ngadi, and I am the founder and CEO of Amwuli Eyewear. I am an optometrist, and after several years in optometric practice, I frequently would hear my patients in my largely Black demographic complain about difficulties finding fashionable eyewear that truly fit well. Mm-hmm. And I have struggled with this my whole life, um, being, you know, with my West African facial features and my high cheekbones and wide face. Um, and so I decided to create Anwoolly Eyewear, where we design frames specifically with Black facial features in mind. Um, and we know that not all Black people look alike, uh, but what <laughs> we have found is that we tend to have lower bridges, you know, and a lot of us have wider faces and um, need a longer temples. And so our frames, our first collection um, focused on doing wider frames so that the frames don't look like they're squishing people's faces. And then we have longer temples on our eyewear where you can get the earpiece actually completely over the ear. Um, And then we have low bridge fits. And long-term, Amelie looks to just be a go-to frame line for (laughs) size inclusivity when it comes to eyewear. Um, and so that's that's what our plan is as we continue to grow. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and my um and, and, and my business. And I know you said that that was a personal issue for you. Is that why you started the company? Um, because you wanted to not only solve this problem for yourself, but for other people that you know, like you said, black people, people from Africa, or maybe even different ethnicities altogether. Since every ethnicity has different features, do you find it works? well with maybe Indian people or people that are just of black and brown descent in general. Right. So yes, absolutely. That is why I started the company. Um, I think that people have unique facial landscapes and every individual, no matter their ethnic background, deserves, you know, fashionable frames that makes a statement without speaking, but Mm -hmm. also fits well. Um, I definitely am a statement piece type of girl and I love a stylish frame. But as I would try different stuff on, I realized like the bridge of the glasses don't fit or they feel too small. Every, it seemed like all of the really jazzy frames fit too small. And so I really wanted to create something um, for people who have faces like mine. So that's what I, that's what I initially set out to do. But as I delved further into the market, I saw that there was a huge opportunity. And it wasn't like I didn't know, but it's just, you know how you get into something and you start uncovering and peeling back more and more layers. Yes. And what you find is that a lot of the eyewear industry is uh, dominated by some large companies. We you know we know who those are. We've seen yes. those little TikTok videos and stuff. <laughs> and those companies are going to tend to cater to like a European facial feature. Yes. Even the stuff that they call extended or different kinds of fits, uh, you know, it's sometimes they call it like international fit. You might have like one or two skews, yeah. one frame. Um, and then Not as that frame fits funny, right? Or that frame is like a, a regular gun metal. And there's nothing wrong with having like a simplistic frame. In fact, some of our frames actually, they're not all just 
elaborate. It's the, yeah. the style is in the color choice. We definitely focus on our color choices and things like that. So it's not always like, oh, we're going to get this big, huge frame. No, it's like, you know, what exactly something fashionable, essentially. Yes. But where the other brands would do is they might extend the size, but then they would make it in like a wonky color. That's boring. Um, yeah. Or you have people trying They're to not give it as many options. Correct. Correct. Fashionable, you know, statement piece type stuff where yes. you find a lot of women would go over and try to make sunglasses into traditional glasses um, or op what we call ophthalmic. Um, so my brand, actually, we what you'll see on our website is that we sell everything as a sunglass. Mm -hmm. um, but we're also sold in opticals and okay. boutique opticals where people can use their prescription for the glasses. So, you know, most glasses, uh, depending on how they're made, can be made into prescription glasses as well. Yes. Which is uh, so, something I guess a lot of people don't really know. But essentially, we're just trying to provide, as you as you've used the word and, you know, myself also, just options, fashionable yes. options for people that actually fit. Yes. Um, Definitely, definitely get that. Your biggest success as well as your biggest challenge. I'm sorry, Elaine, what, what was that question again? Oh, I was asking, what do you feel like has been your biggest success thus far and then your biggest challenge? Um, That's a good question. I, it, also, anybody listening, she didn't prep me with these first. I would have liked that. <laughs> Well, it's an organic an conversation, so I feel like it doesn't it absolutely require is. a lot of prepping because I'm not asking more than, you know, just sharing your story and your journey and, you know, just being authentic. And I think a lot of times and part of this podcast is to share with people that either are interested in starting a business or just starting a business in this industry. And a lot of times you hear people's success, but you don't know how they got started, what were some of the steps they took or books or podcasts or things. So I just try to give people a transparent, you know, kind of a behind the curtain view. Of I think that I think that's great. I think that's awesome and very helpful. I know um, when I was starting, I listened to quite a few things that just kind of like propelled me in the right direction. Yeah. I think why I said um, that you didn't <laughs> prep me was because I think as an entrepreneur, I know I struggle with this. I can tell you 20 ways I can improve and 20 ways that things didn't go well or I can give you so many stories, you know, of mm -hmm. that. But like when people ask me about the success and we've had quite a bit of success in the business, I, yeah. I gloss over it and I just roll through. Oh my God, what, what success? Um, <laughs> we're trying to get to a million dollars. So yes. no success yet, you know, but yes. no, absolutely. We've had success. But the I small think, wins um, count too. And they're only wins. small probably to you because as entrepreneurs, we do tend a lot of times to focus on what's next, what's next. I got to get to the next thing and mm -hmm. accomplish the next goal instead mm -hmm. of reveling in the fact that what we made done. it through the goal we already did. I just had that happen um, last week with my accountant. We went over last year's numbers and she was like, you know, you've had the biggest increase from year to year last year than you've had any of the previous years. That's like, oh, that's great. That. Thank you. I was like, well, that's great. But we got to focus on, like you said, I'm trying to get to a million dollars now. Like, that was great to hit those right numbers. Over that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, back yes. when I started this business, they hit the kind of numbers I hit. I would have been like, oh, my God, I made it. Yes. And now when you get to that level, you're so focused on trying to get to the next level. You don't enjoy the yeah. moment of making it to this level. <laughs> so, thank you for giving me the opportunity to reflect. <laughs> I would like to, yeah. And this, and so my birthday's in February, so I always start February as my real New Year. 
Girl, that's how mine started this year. It wasn't really on purpose. It ain't even about my birthday. I was just like, I got to ease into the year. Like, I <laughs> so need a it's minute. Good, it's, good, it's good to reflect. So I will, <laughs> I will share with you some of the wins of the business. Thank um, you. I have had the opportunity to win over $30,000 in grant money. That's um, what's Congrats. Yeah, so I, I've pitched for... Um, pull up and pitch, which is Omi Bell, Black Girls Venture. That was mm-hmm. my first one, and that was it was virtual, right from my couch. And oh, that's what's um, up. And I thought they would have one here in person in Atlanta. Not they too had long ago. that one in the Atlanta mm-hmm. Hawks, and I couldn't yeah. attend that. But uh, I love the organization, amazing organization that really reached out to Black and Brown women. Yeah. Um, so I pitched for them. I won six thousand dollars, and that bridged a gap for me to actually get into a business cohort. And I will say that that was one of the first times that I kind of really just looked at, you know, was able to delve into the business as a business, as somebody yes. who had a product. Um, I have been selling my services as an optometrist for 10 years, but I have not yes. sold products because I practice in a retail setting. So yeah. that was really, it was the money, but it was also the opportunity, that yes. connection. Um, and then I, maybe like a few months later, the business, we were able to pitch for, um, Boss Women Media, um, okay. and we won $10,000 from them, and that That's was an amazing fun. experience because they're just an awesome network to be a part of. Yes. Um, either way, that's Marty McDonald, and uh, her organization is just phenomenal. Um, and then I was able, actually able this past summer, so that was July of 2023, I pitched and won $15,000 from my sorority, which I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And okay. I... Um, pitched at our annual convention and won um, second place for that. And that actually just bridged a huge gap as well as far as like networking and actually getting me into another cohort, which I'll just save that tidbit for later. Um, So those are some of the biggest um, successes successes. because what it, what it shows you is that, Hey, people, when I pitch, I got to see innovation at convention. And what it was was that people, I'm educating people, and I think that that's, that's been part of the biggest challenge. So some of the biggest success has also been a part of the biggest challenge, which is that people aren't even aware that, hey, my glasses don't fit well. They do yes. know, I've heard multiple times, oh, I don't really wear glasses. I've heard that a lot of times. I've we just kind of deal with it, not thinking about there could be another solution. That there could be a solution or that glasses don't fit me good. Sunglasses never look good on me. I've heard that. Um I've heard patients complain of headaches, of the glasses slipping on their um, frame. So when I'm out, people are like, oh, those are stylish. Those are fly. You know, uh, yeah. so I'll toot my own horn on that. I do think that we really have hit the mark when it comes to style. But what I agree, I, I got compliments on mine when I wore mine. Thank you. Like I, I said, you the screenshot. They was like, oh, those is nice. <laughs> yes, I, I feel I feel we hit the mark on fashion, but I think that the, the secondary component, which is educating people, I think that that's been a challenge. I think we're the one of the best kept secrets. Yes. Um, and we and we are trying to really connect with the audience um, of people who, first of all, it would be lovely to connect with people who have realized that they have a problem. <laughs> you recognize that their frames don't fit well. Yes. Um, so trying to connect with them, um, that's one thing. And then I also just also educate people that, hey, there are brands that are trying to cater to this and that you, you didn't, you're not alone and yep. you're not confused. There's actually a, 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 an issue here. Um, yep. And I'm a plus size um, 
women are identified plus size or curvy or whatever phrase we're using. But <laughs> when I saw that transition in the fashion industry where, um, even though we, we uh, detracted a little bit and I digress, but as I saw some of the first uh, influencers with the, some of the plus size influencers, you know, mm-hmm. all the way back to shoot, I even, I, I, there's some girls I started following back in 2008. Mm-hmm. I'll drop names. I, um, Gabby Fresh. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I know. Drawing a a blank. I'm, draw, I'm drawing a blank on um, who some other ones, but there's some other ones from Atlanta too. Well, why can't I, my mind has just gone completely blank. Blank. Um, Garner style. Garner style. Kirby Khan. Kirby Khan. CCO leads to Garner style. Um, those ladies, when you saw that transition, you saw them kind of start to, uh, not kind of, they started making the fashion industry say, hey, look, we want crop tops too. Just yeah. make them in our size. We're not saying yeah. we want to squeeze into. Uh, a size 10 crop top, just make this make the crop top a 16, 18, or 22. Yeah. Like give us the size and we're exactly. gonna style it appropriately. And I saw that and and I think that that definitely was inspirational in me saying that, hey, I want these frames. I'm gonna make the frames that actually fit my face. Because yes. as an optometrist, I tried on all the high-end brands. You know, yes. you when you're in the field, you either somebody will give you those frames at cost is what we'll call it. Right. Yes. yes. So I had uh, multiple private practices that I used to fill in for earlier on in my career where the doctors, you know, just as a, an additional perk to filling in for them, they would offer you frames at cost. Yeah. And even at cost with me trying on every frame in, in on their shelf, I'd be like, none of this really fits. Yeah. And. Um, I don't down brand brand. So even as I drop these names and say things, it's not because I don't think that they're fashionable. Because obviously I was reaching for them because well, you are. haven't even said a it's brand just name, a anyway, so you still good. Well, yes. So I don't want I don't want to I don't want to cross any bridges. But there are definitely some brands that's just beautiful frames, but those don't fit. And I could have yes. spent the money on it. I had the money. Um, our brand retails or sales, you know, in stores uh, and on our website for three hundred plus dollars. And some people will say, oh, that's expensive for some frames. Okay, but anything can, you know, you can purchase anything at any price you want. It just depends on what your desires are. And they're not really, yeah, and they're not really expensive when you think about we buy all the other brands like a Chanel or a YSL or a Gucci. We're spending the same amount on frames. Correct. Half of them aren't even medicated. Okay, majority no, of them. They're definitely not medicated. And then the other, and then the other part too is just from um, a standpoint of certain frames are made at a certain. Um, it's the name that's selling it. You know, they're not yes. like our frames are Italian acetate. They're handcrafted. You know, all these different things that yeah. really it uh, improve the quality and the durability of the frame. You know, yeah. people will say, well, you get these for seven. Nine. That's not, that's not who I'm selling to. And yeah. I'm not saying that um, those ones aren't beautiful or fun, but the quality, right? Yes. There's a quality that exists in the frame world. And so if we sold to frame lovers who just really want something that fits well, as well as stylish, good quality, they want yes. pieces that they're going to have in 15 years, you know, exactly. um, whether they got a mess prescription or sunglass, you know, they want something that will end up being vintage. Um, those yeah. people that, you know, that's, that's who we're trying to reach out to. And so um, I think, yeah, I just identifying that there was a real issue and, and, and trying to reach the people who are having similar issues and then educate people who have just kind of brushed glasses off um, or don't really invest in their glasses because they don't fit well in the first place, reaching those people and educating them that, hey, look, now here's a fashionable option that's coming out. 
that really actually does uh, tend to cater or take your features into consideration um, and continue to build new frames that consider other um, populations that may have been left out um, and incorporate our findings to to create new stylish frames with different fits. Yeah, I definitely get that. What do you feel like is one of the one of the most important lessons you've learned thus far in this journey? I, I think honestly, the overarching lesson, the overarching theme, um, has just been to persevere. Um, yeah, to persevere, to stay with it. I think that uh, you, you you start these new businesses, and there's a temptation to just oh, this isn't going well. I think you have to have an openness to be willing to pivot. Um, If you need to, and that because you don't want to just, you know, be so uh, tunnel vision that you can't see that, hey, there are other options for me or there are other opportunities. But I think sticking with it. So that that's been the biggest lesson, just sticking with it, because new new things get uncovered, new layers get uncovered, new levels get um, attained as I stick with this and new opportunities become available. So I think it's just just definitely knowing that I have a product that's valuable, seeing and getting the reviews from people who have been in the industry for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, um, saying, um, hey, yeah, you've done something innovative here. You've done something different. We like it, you know, and then trying to get that out and get that to the people um, has been, has been, yeah, one of the biggest lessons. Definitely. What do you feel like is a piece of advice you would give someone that was wanting to be one entrepreneur in general or just an entrepreneur in business? Um, and so entrepreneur in general, in general is just, I think coaching is really important, mentorship and coaching. Um, I think that while I do think that there are tidbits and definitely free um, opportunities or inexpensive opportunities, I think that once you show people that you're serious by making an investment in yourself, I think that 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 carries a lot of weight Um, and whether that investment is an an investment of time or financial. I mean, I definitely at a point you have to show people that you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, um, that you really do believe that much in your business. And so people will see those investments in, you know, they may not see that you got a coach, but they'll start to see that your processes have been streamlined, that you that you have to see the um, results. Exactly. (laughs) And so I think that it's very important to invest in coaching and, you know, mentorship. Um, But while I while I say that same thing, just recognizing that not every dollar you spend is going to turn into an ROI. There, There may not be a return on it um, in that moment or in that time. So just being willing to invest in yourself, but then also not just throw money away if it's not working. Because I think sometimes, I, I, I know for a fact that there was a point where I thought that throwing money at stuff was going to solve all of the issues, and that just has not been the case. Um, so I would advise people just to invest for sure in their development, but be discerning on who they give their money to. You know, look at, look, read, and read the reviews from their clients. Um have some standards of what you want them to produce. And while I do think, you know, you don't know what you don't know, I think that there's a bit of, you know, due diligence that's that's going to be needed on the side of the entrepreneur to really, like, be able to dig deep and, and, and see, like, okay, well, this coach is known for this. I've seen their reviews and I've talked to some of their former clients and this might be a good fit for me because this is the kind of product I have or this is the service that I have and I want to get that information. Um, and then I also think it's important to kind of get in with the societies, right? So it's, you know, 
start to talk to the people who are doing the things that you want to do. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. I think you made some really good points. And like you were saying, even with the investing in yourself, I think as an entrepreneur, like you said, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, you know what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know where you're at in the process and working with a coach that is going to make sense at that time for whatever it is you're trying to solve. Like, hey, you know what? Right now, it really focuses on product design or marketing Mm -hmm. or, you know, sales. Then making sure you're aligning yourself with a coach that can do that. I think one of the biggest lessons for me when I was, when I first started to invest in myself and spend money on coaches or accelerators and things of that nature was thinking that, well, first off, it was going to be a one-stop shop when in actuality I had different coaches that poured into me from different aspects and avenues. And so the same person who helped me with marketing wasn't necessarily the person that was going to help me with systems and processes and all Mm -hmm. of that. So really understanding, like, it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to join this cohort. I'm going to get this one coach and then everything's going to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna learn everything I need to learn, and my business is gonna scale to whatever I need it to scale to because that's not really reality, <laughs> right? Right. Um, what is one of your favorite hacks as an entrepreneur, like productivity hacks? Um, making a list. So, um, shout out to my girl, um, Doc B. She has a business called Project Chick, and she makes these super cool planners that I absolutely love. Um, and so I think the past few years, the thing that has made me the most productive is just really looking at stuff as like, what all do I have to get done? Um, and so her planner just kind of helps me divide the different projects essentially that I'm working on. But what I do in the best time hack is making a list of stuff. And if it's a work day, um, just to stay focused, I set timers on how long something should take. Now, creative work, you can't do like that. But payroll or uh, emails or whatever, you know, things like that, you can put a time constraint and that helps you just stay locked into that task until that's done. And then, you know, you can keep going. Because honestly, in my career, I'm an optometrist. So the patient gets in front of you, you see the patient, you do the patient, you move on. Now that I've kind of, I'm still in both lanes, right? I still, I'm still in both, I exist in both lanes. I absolutely still see patients. But when I'm working on Emily stuff, there's some stuff that's creative, right? And if, if, it, if I need to be creative, I actually have to create time to do that since I'm still spending, you know, part of my week actually physically in front of patients. Um, so it's like, I don't, you know, like when I was naming my new collection, you know, even something like that. I see the designs in my head. It's like, okay, get them out on paper. But then when you're trying to name the new collection, that's a piece of creative work, which you can't necessarily time constraint. So the other things that you can, the other to do things, the other items that have to be done, I just put them on the list and I put a sign, I sign a little bit of time to them. And then I I start knocking that stuff out. And then I think also to giving myself that grace and understanding, like, but there was a time, you know, I'm type A and obviously I'm a, a doctor and stuff. And so, there was a time where I would make a list and do it. And, and that was it. And you just did it. Like, well, you get through school. Well, we have this test on this day and I got to study. Yeah. And I just did it. But now, you know, that doesn't, that that's not how, as they say, adulting goes. You know, you have a list of 20 things and some days you're only going to do five of them. Yes. So prioritizing, um, prioritizing stuff and, and really just, making sure that you're staying organized in a, in a realistic way, you know? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then as we get ready to wrap up, tell us what one would you have coming up for the year? We're in a, a whole new year now or anything yeah. that you can share that is coming up that you want to share with the people. Because, of course, when this goes live, we will tag you and the brand so that people can follow you and learn more about you and the brand. Okay, um, I'm excited to share that we are um, we, we're going to a trade show, which isn't necessarily open to the public, but um, mm-hmm. we're super excited about that because what that means is that we're going to be connecting with more wholesale accounts and opticals. Um, and so that is going to get that brand into different stores, you know, across the nation. That we'll be able to go to and buy. Buy, especially using your insurance. People always want to, can I use my insurance? And so that's yeah. how you would, you know, connect and be able to get your prescription because we don't fill prescriptions on our website. Yeah. Um, we can sell the glasses, you can take them to an optical, or you can go into the opticals we have listed and they can, you know, use your insurance and all those things to get the glasses done. So I'm super excited about that optical show coming up in March. Um, we are waiting, but hopeful that we will be at Essence Fest again this year. We were, we participated last year and it is our hope. That enjoying it. We loved it. We had a great time because again, uh, who we're trying to reach, we were able to reach some really amazing people. Um, we were able to get our frames on people's faces and just really see what they look like and just enjoy the energy of people uh, being introduced to the brand. And we met some amazing people. Um, I have some pictures of Danny B. She wore our one of our frames uh, to the concerts that night. She's super amazing. And congratulations to her on her success. But again, just getting our product on our target demographic and just loving that and just being in that space and that energy. Absolutely great. And we hope to be there again this summer. Um, so that's in July. So those are two major things that we have coming up. Um, you know, if they were going to be able to participate or if they were going to be chosen. So that's amazing because I was there last year as well. There were so many people that was there. Yeah, we're still we're still waiting for that final word, but we did participate last year, so we we're hopeful that everything will be on target to participate again this year. Five hundred thousand people—that is definitely a good look. <laughs> Amen, definitely. And then um, my last few questions is: What books, movies, or podcasts would you recommend for someone again, either growing, starting, or scaling a business? Um. There's a book differently. So yeah, I can't think of the author, but she definitely gave me the boost I needed to push through last year. Um, it's called We Should All Be Millionaires. Um oh, Rachel uh, Rogers. Rachel, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. That one uh, Yeah, that, that one is did. a good book. And that gave me a supercharged. You know, she has a conference every January in Puerto Rico. Did not know. Well, I actually I did know that from the book, yes. but I listened. Yes. And I, at the time, I had no anticipation of going, but I would. It's on my radar for this upcoming year. I think. Um, I think that she did a really yeah, good job. Yeah, one of my with friends that. went and called me about it. Yes. So that so her for sure. Um, I there was a girl. So there's a lady here named Tiffany Gatlin. She has a company called Latch and Hook, and she was a guest star. On this young lady's podcast, oh, I know and Tiffany. We were Tiffany at a golf event together. Yes, with the hair. Um, yes. What is it? Um, not synthetic hair, but like hair that is not going to be scratching you and irritating. Right, hypoallergenic hair. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Super amazing. She's she's great. Love Tiffany, but Tiffany was a guest on somebody's podcast, and I intend to listen to more episodes. She, it's the girl from Curly. Oh gosh. 
can't think of but yes she that, that if if y'all look her up on youtube you should see that episode um okay. that was great and i think it, it's really good you know it's empowering to see people who look like you uh, we know this we know that that's the part yes. of the sauce seeing women that look like you or people that look like you who have actually attained the success that you're trying to attain i think that yes. that's really important so I enjoyed that listening, and, and that's one that I think I'm going to tune back into. And then I already mentioned okay. Marty Mac- McDonald. Um, she has a podcast as well. She has a separate brand outside of Boss Women Media. I yes. love her. Um, I've heard some clips of her stuff. I'm, I'm not huge on the podcast. I like, you know. Um, so that's those are some a few that I would say. Um, okay. Yes. Awesome. And. You said what words of advice? I said any final thoughts or words of advice you want to leave the people with? I just want to leave the people with, um, you know, whatever you want to do, especially if you, you have an idea. Um, it It's really uh, if it's the space, you know, don't think that what you're trying to do, because as soon as you've had that thought, 20 other people have too. Um, and so what you want to do is worthy, um, and stick with it, stick with it. And that would, that would be what I would tell people. Awesome. Thank you again for taking time to chat with us and share your story and journey and tell us about your brand. And of course, like I said, when we post, we will tag you and your brand so that people can learn more about it. You can also reshare as well. And, you know, again, 